0: welcome to living word ministries with director and bible teacher debbie blank each week debbie examines current events through the lens of end times bible prophecies please visit our website for information and past programs at livingwordministry.org now let's open our bibles to focus on truths from god's word with debbie blank
1: since 1955 americans have been fascinated by a place known as area 51 in central nevada which some believe to be a secret military facility housing UFOs. Well, the reason for that is because eight years before that site was developed, the first UFO sighting was seen and recorded by Kenneth Arnold in Mount Rainier, Washington. He was flying a small plane, and he claimed to have seen nine high-speed crescent-shaped objects flying near Mount Rainier at speeds of several hundred miles per hour. Then the same year, a rancher named W.W. Mac Brazel came across a mysterious 200-yard-long wreckage near an Army airfield in Roswell, New Mexico. Local papers reported it as the remains of a flying saucer. And then in 1961, Barney and Betty Hill were driving near Portsmouth, New Hampshire, when they experienced a spaceship that they believe abducted them for two hours. Thus began the premise of aliens, UFOs, alien abductions, which have exponentially increased to the point that people, governments, and even religious groups are obsessed with this topic. Can we find this type of paranormal phenomena in the Bible? Does this fascination have anything to do with end times Bible prophecy? I'm Debbie Blank. Today, we're gonna look at the Bible to try and understand this modern day phenomena and this thing that concerns and scares a lot of people. With Jackie Saylor's unavailable today, we are honored to have with us as our co-host, another of our Living Word Ministry teachers, Jan Weil. Welcome, Jan. Thank you, Debbie. I'm
0: happy to be here. Why is the interest in UFOs increasing at such a high rate in our time today? Why do these objects seem to achieve speeds that exceed the sound barrier without a sonic boom and with movements that cannot be replicated? Reports of these sightings also seem to consistently indicate there's no apparent smoke trail or visible propulsion. So
1: what could these UFOs be? We are all familiar with that term UFO, unidentified flying objects. Well, the government and some other people have changed that term recently UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. UFOs, we think of aliens coming in in their little spaceships to attack us or to befriend us or whatever reason they come. Whereas the government is simply dealing with this as unexplained fine objects, really unidentifiable objects. Could be anything. I find fascinating that a lot of these sightings in the early days took place near military establishments. So they certainly could have been sightings of military aircraft or new aircraft that they were testing out, could have been any of those things. But now you have tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people with sightings, with abductions, with discussions on aliens. So it's gone well beyond a few little sightings. And of course, all of that could be based on TV shows that we've watched for decades, Mork and Mindy or The X-Files or movies like Star Trek, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That probably wet people's appetites for aliens more than anything. So it's not surprising that most people believe aliens exist. 65% of Americans, according to a Pew Research survey in 2001, believe in their best guess that there's intelligent life on other planets. As two thirds of us believe that. It's interesting because 76% of those who believe it are under age 30 and then the rest are older. So young people believe more than we do because they've grown up with this as being an expectation. There have been too many sightings on too many continents to be able to explain them away. So it sounds like TV programs
0: and movies have really affected people's belief on this. They picture ET and friendly aliens, probably more so than the movie Alien, and the young people who've seen, who've grown up with these TV programs are
1: starting to believe that this is really true. That's a lot like what we're seeing in our culture and other menus, and that is that we're almost being led to believe certain things in certain ways. And in this case, people started believing in aliens. If you consider that for the first time, the United States Congress held a hearing on May 17th of this year. It was from the House Intelligence, Counterterrorism, Counterintelligence, and Counterproliferation Subcommittee that held this. Presented at that hearing was information from a UAP task force within the Pentagon, which had identified 144 UFO sightings between 2004 and 2021. So they were discussing those. The committee wasn't concerned about national security, just a potential threat of a craft that might pose something to this country. So they were looking at that. Well, since that time, just a few months ago, they have now documented 400 unexplainable sightings by reputable military personnel and pilots who could not explain why ships or aircraft or whatever they were, were able to do what they were able to do or where they even came from.
0: Debbie, when I hear that reputable pilots have documented sightings, that leads me
1: to believe they saw something. It wasn't just making it up. That's right. And I believe that they did. I believe that there's something out there that we're going to discuss in a little while. And now you consider our government when they had this committee meeting, they really talked about unidentified objects. Well, NASA goes a little bit further. In 2004 at their Washington headquarters, they outlined a plan to search for alien life using current telescope technology. They announced the launch of something called the Transiting x Survey Satellite that they were going to do in 2017. Now, obviously that committee meeting was several years ago. Well, the NASA administration and the scientists predicted that there are 100 million worlds in our Milky Way galaxy, which may host alien life. And they explained or estimated that humans is going to be able to locate that alien life within 20 years. So NASA has gone beyond the intelligence committee in Congress, and isn't just talking about objects, they're actually talking about aliens. If aliens exist, How come it was only 75 years ago that these UFOs were first discovered? I mean, it's been thousands of years that the world has been in existence. Somebody in the last several thousand years of recorded history would have recorded that that there was some such sightings or strange things in the air. When we see that nearly every culture tells of a global flood, we
0: would certainly expect to see sightings documented over history of UFOs
1: Unless it's something very recent.
0: And if it's very recent, why is that?
1: Ah, well, we're going to assume that the people that have had these experiences and seen these UFOs and maybe even those who've been abducted by aliens, that that they're accurate. We're going to take that assumption because there's a lot of strange things going on. So if that's the case, then where do they come from? Who are they? What does the Bible say about them? That's what we need to know, because I'm not going to listen to a radio show or a TV show or a teacher or someone who tells me that these are real and these have happened. I want to know for a fact what the word of God says, because that's the only source of truth that we have. So we're going to consider some facts. Walk along with us. We're not experts in alien study, and we don't want to be. We want to simply search for the truth about this. Consider In mankind's scientific efforts, no life has been found on any planet. We have examined or have some way been able to examine every single planet in our solar system. And according to the soil samples of the places we've been and other things, there is no possibility. They've ruined out any possibility of life on any planet in our solar system, except possibly, just maybe, on the moon and Jupiter. Other than that, they've scientifically ruled it out. Since 1976, the USA has sent 28 missions to Mars, yet they found no sign of life. If you look at our planet alone, you can go to the most barren desert, you can go to the most frozen dirt in the Antarctica, and you will always find life, some kind of microorganisms, but nothing on Mars or any of these other planets. So with the existence of so many planets, the evolutionists now want to find a planet in some other solar system to support their notion that life must have evolved because they're trying to say that we now have evolved from something else and it may well have come from aliens from another planet.
0: So then if no findings come up that would show life on other planets, that life only exists on earth, that would actually go to prove the biblical
1: account of creation, which is not desirable. So they're going to keep searching exactly right when we look at what we've done the last hundred and some years taking god out of creation that's what some of these scientists are trying to do now by looking for alien life forms on other planets but we believe the biblical account of creation the god said it and it happened people believe that account for thousands of years nothing has changed except our culture is trying to persuade us that there's another account of creation So then even when it's a subject as strange and
0: new as UFOs, it sounds like what you're saying is we should first go to the Bible and see what the Bible says and learn from a biblical perspective how to interpret
1: what's going on in our world. That's exactly right. So let's begin with creation. The Bible makes no mention in the account of creation of any existence of life on any other planet but earth. Remember Genesis 1 1 the very first verse God created the heavens and the earth when he created the earth it was on the third day before he actually created the solar system which he created on the fourth day therefore the earth has specific intents in God's creation system before the sun the moon and the stars in the creation God makes no mention of any other creative beings in Genesis 1, 31, it says, God saw all that he had made and behold, it was very good. He saw all, no mention of aliens. You talk about animals and birds and people and fish and every other created insect or being possible. And he then later put them on the ark or had Noah put them on the ark. And there's never a mention of any kind of aliens at all or any people from any other planet. One day, everything will be destroyed in the future. Everything that God has made. He tells us that in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 10, when he says, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. So he gives us the beginning, then he gives us the end and nowhere in either of those scenarios or in between does he mention people or any kind of beings or life at all, plants or animals or anything on any other planet. Now let's move on to something a little bit more intense. And that is the fact that we know Jesus died for our sins. In 1 Peter three 18, we're told Jesus died for our sins once for all, the just for the unjust that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh and made alive in the spirit. So Jesus died once for all. On earth. On earth is what it says. Well, remember, God created all things good when he started. But unfortunately, sin came into the world through Adam and Eve. Sin brought the curse, the curse brought death physically and spiritually, except for those who would believe in Jesus Christ. So God promised a savior to cover the sins of mankind so mankind could again enter into his eternal home. Jesus is that savior. Jesus died for those sins. It says that also in Hebrews seven twenty-seven and Hebrews 10, 10, that he died for our sins once for all. That's Jesus once on this earth for all mankind. People might say, well, but he probably died on another planet for other aliens. No, that's not what the Bible says. He died once for all. So if there are aliens on other planets, Jesus would have to have died on earth for them because he only died once for all. He's God, he only did this once. He doesn't go to every planet and redo it, but there's no sign that he died for anything other than mankind. Not animals, not creatures, not anything else. Once for all for mankind. So then let's look at because of Christ's death on the cross once for all, we have a hope for all eternity of being with him. We're told that in Romans 8, 20 and 21. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into freedom of the glory of the children of God. So it's talking there about the future corruption, the futility of this world and how God's bringing a new life for us in that future to the children of God, and the children of God are those who receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the one who died for us once for all. There's no mention that this has ever happened or would happen on any other planet, but this planet for us here on Earth. So Debbie, if there was intelligent life on other planets,
0: intelligent life that could understand and perceive God as Jesus,
1: then they would have had to accept Jesus also. But as you're saying, there's no mention of that anywhere in scripture. And there's no reason for God to leave that information out. I mean, certainly God doesn't have to tell us everything he's doing and everything he's chosen to do, but he has given us his word here on earth so that we could know him and know his plans and know from beginning to end what he would be doing. And he doesn't mention aliens.
0: And if we're going to have interaction with some other intelligent life, we would certainly want to be sharing Jesus with them. So you would think that would be mentioned.
1: Oh, that's a very important point there. So is there a discernible cause for these events that we're seeing, these sightings or these aliens? It has to be a phenomena, spiritual phenomena or supernatural phenomenon, which means we're going to have to look at the spiritual significance. And if we do, does the Bible talk about that? And the fact is, the Bible does mention sentient beings who are not humans. So let's listen to who they are. The Bible's full of creatures whose natural dwelling places lie beyond what we can see, our vision, beyond our extent and our universe. They're concealed by the veil of time and space. We meet them in the Bible. They worship around the throne of God. According to Hebrews one fourteen. their purpose is to be messengers for God. They do God's bidding They provide God's judgments. They are throughout the Bible, and we know them as angels. They're heavenly beings designed to do God's work. But did you know that there's an opposite to that? There are fallen angels who chose to follow the way of Satan, who are known as demons or evil spirits. but they are followers of Satan, not followers of God. So if there are myriads
0: upon myriads of angels, and according to revelation, a third of those fell away from God, that would mean there's a lot of demons
1: out there. That's for sure. They are doing Satan's work. And you know what Satan is? Satan is the father of lies. He's the deceiver. John 8, 44 tells us that he's the devil and that people want to do the desires of the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature for he is a liar and the father of lies. Everything about Satan from the beginning in the garden of Eden in Genesis three was a lie. Now he gives give us half truths to make us believe what he's saying is really true, but he's a liar down throughout scripture. We've seen him to life. He tempted Jesus in Matthew chapter four with power for the world and all the things that look good. And he has the power to do some of those things. But Jesus withstood his temptations with the word of God. He said no to Satan. Satan will do whatever he can to destroy this world to take us away from God and destroy the Jewish people so that the prophecies that are still left to be fulfilled can't be fulfilled. So then, Debbie,
0: if Satan and his angels work to oppose God's plan of redemption for both Gentiles and Jews, and we're approaching the end of the church age, then wouldn't we expect to see more demonic activity to maybe get our eyes off of focusing on God, focusing on Jesus?
1: Absolutely. And understand, we don't necessarily see the spiritual warfare. It's a battle that's taking place in heaven. So we might not recognize it as spiritual warfare. It just might be Satan working in the background through individuals and people and situations and whatever to create a world that he wants to create a vision that he wants us to believe that's full of lies. So could these aliens be from Satan And the answer is yes, they would have to be. They're nowhere mentioned in scripture, so they have to be a spiritual being. And spiritual beings that are angels would not do anything negative or anything against the will of God. And yet some of the stories that we read about abductions show that these aliens, while some people say they're peaceful and they don't want to harm anybody, they perform exams on people and they hurt people. And they certainly hurt people psychologically. And there's written documentation that the major exam they perform on everyone they abduct is reproductive exams. Hmm, that's interesting because it matches up with something in scripture too. But the point is, those can't be good angels doing that because they're doing things that harm people spiritually and psychologically and mentally and physically. And angels wouldn't do that.
0: So it's interesting in all these appearances of UFOs, we see a light, it's always associated with bright lights. And so it almost seems like they're trying to distract and get us to focus on a light other than Jesus. Ah,
1: and if you had ever read any stories about people who've had near death experiences, most of them see a bright light when they die. And then that is extinguished and they see hell or something terrible. We have to ask, why would these seemingly extraterrestrial activity begin now? Very interesting. Jesus warns us several times in Matthew 24 do not be deceived because we are going to be open to deception. Now, that deception is spiritual, it's turning us away from Jesus. Satan's the father of lies, so aliens could be that deception. There are people who say, That once the rapture takes place, they're going to need an explanation for that. And they're going to use aliens for that explanation. That they kidnapped those people who were contrary to what the world is saying.
0: And that would certainly make sense because Satan's going to want some delusion to distract people from turning to Jesus if they feel like they've missed the rapture. And so if there's an explanation that it's not about God, that would certainly accomplish Absolutely.
1: Then you look at the abductees saying that they've had their reproductive organs changed or that they've been impregnated by an alien. We can go back to Genesis chapter six, because we see an account of the sons of God who are believed to be demons, who try and come into the daughters of men and have relationships with them and corrupt the world. And the Nephilim were an outcome of that. Now, we don't know exactly what that means, but the understanding is that the demons tried to take away their normal abode and tried to create human beings on this earth that were satanic, that were part of them. God said right after that, that he was sorry he had made mankind and the intent of every man's heart was only evil continually. What did he do? He destroyed the entire world by flood, except Noah and his family. If demons in the form of aliens are trying to impregnate people, we're running into the same environment now that we had back then, that God said he was sorry he had made man. So this could be a precursor to the wrath of God coming upon this world. It certainly seems like we're now living in the times of Noah. And that goes along with scripture also when Jesus talks about that in Matthew 24. He says that people were eating and drinking, they were marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. In other words, we were doing what seemed right in our own eyes, and that's what we're doing today. Now, here's an interesting thing that all of this alien discussion started in the summer of 1947. That was right when the United Nations was talking about giving Israel land for the first time in 2,500 years. So we have a correlation there that that took place right before Israel became a nation in 1948. Satan knows God's word. He knows what's going to happen. He knows what's going on in this world. So he knew what the discussion was. He knew that before Jesus returns to this earth, Israel has to be a nation in their land. So he knew that was the kickoff. That's of- right. And because of that, he would have done something to deceive people starting at that time. And we see that. Now, who are these demons? I've already explained that they are fallen angels, ones who followed Satan and didn't follow the ways of God. Jude chapter 1, verse 6 says, And angels who did not keep their domain, but abandoned their proper abode, God has kept in eternal bonds under darkness for the judgment of the great day. So it tells us there that there are these beings that have turned away from God and he's put them into judgment. But there's also other demons who are actively performing Satan's work here on earth. We see as in the New Testament how Jesus had to cast out demons because they actually lived inside of people. So we know at that time that they were active. There's no reason not to believe they're doing the same thing here and now. Job 1.7 tells us that Satan is roaming around on the earth and God allows him to come into his kingdom to answer to God for what he's doing. So I mean, Satan's all over. Now Satan can't be everywhere at once like God is. So he has his demons performing his work. They just follow the bidding of Satan. In First Chronicles 21.1, we see that Satan stood up against Israel and moved David to number Israel. Satan's active. His demons are active. They'll do whatever it takes to turn us away from God. Believers or unbelievers. I mean, Jesus said in Matthew 24, that if the days had not been cut short, Maybe even the elect would have been deceived. And this is talking about the times of the tribulation. But Satan wants to destroy us believers so that we won't be doing God's bidding and sharing the gospel. And he wants to destroy those people who haven't accepted Christ so that they never will. And he will use every lie prevalent to do so. So as we look at things going on,
0: not only in our current, in our nation, but also in the world, we can see what appears to be
1: a global deception growing. And it continues and will do so until Jesus returns to the earth. Not for the rapture, because the rapture will just start that demon activity even more so. But the scene is set, and these aliens are not mentioned in scripture. So they must be some kind of spiritual form. And biblically, there's only a few spiritual forms. We have God who's spirit. We have angels, we have demons. And so the only one that fits in this realm are demons. I want nothing to do with demon activity. I'm not questioning that these people have seen this. Maybe they have, maybe they haven't. Satan is smart enough to be deceptive, to show people and get people to believe everything they can believe. So we need to be praying more fervently than ever that the eyes of people will be open to the deception, to the lies and to things that are not of God and of the truth. So what does all this mean to us? In these last days, we are in a spiritual battle like never before, and we need to be prepared spiritually. We need to know the truth so that we're not deceived. John eight thirty two says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So I encourage you, get in the word of God so you know it, so you discern deception and manipulation. Know the truth of God and then recognize that we're in this spiritual battle for our souls and the souls of mankind. Ephesians six twelve says that for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's our struggle. That's our spiritual battle. So the only way we can fight it is with spiritual armor, prayer being our number one armor. But then Ephesians 6 outlines the armor that we are to put on so that we can stand firm against the schemes of the devil. As a matter of fact, That passage says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Go read that passage in Ephesians 6. Find out what that armor is. Make sure that you have it and make sure you put it on every day because only the armor of God will be able to protect us against the lies, deception, and spiritual forces that are going to be coming upon us in the near future.